Hey, this is Ralph Dart here, and I'm the pastor of The Bridge. I hope that this episode not only inspires you, but teaches you something that you can incorporate into your everyday life. So kick back, relax, as we welcome you to the other side. All right, now it's time for the Holy Ghost to do what he wants to do. Let's turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14 in the message version. I'll be very brief tonight. God has given me a word. And I want to release it and then I want to speak over you because God's been speaking to me nonstop about certain people here. And um, I want to be obedient uh, to God and, and speak what he's given me. All right. And the word of God says, I'm not saying that I have all this all together. That I have made it. But I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. Amen, somebody. And I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Listen, this weekend we've come to be set in motion. Now, in motion, we have opportunities to go various ways, but now we see Apostle Paul, the one who wrote almost half of the New Testament, is saying, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. I don't know if there's a perfect soul in here. If you raise your hand, I'm going to come down here and pray for you myself. None of us here are perfect, but Apostle Paul says that I don't have it all together. I know my life is upside down. I know that I, I, I have a past where I persecuted a bunch of Christians and a bunch of Jews. And I know that I have a past. I don't have it all together. I'm, I'm imperfect, but I'm serving a perfect God. And he says, I know that I don't have it all together. But one thing I do know is that I'm reaching out to God because he reached out to me. I don't know if I have anybody like that where you're reaching out to God. And you're saying, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not good enough to even be in your presence. I'm not good enough to even experience your love. But the word of God says, and the good news is this, that he's also reaching out to us. And that's what he did for us on the cross. On the cross, he expressed that he loved us by going up there, by dying. And because he died on the cross, we have access to his person. He says, I don't have it all together. But one thing that I do know is that I'm moving steadfastly towards him day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onwards, not to God, but to Jesus himself. Because we know the Father through Jesus. And so he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering you on as you're coming closer to me. Paul, I know you're not perfect, but I'm cheering you on as you come close to me. I'm, I'm cheering you on as you move from where you are to where I want you to be. I'm, I'm cheering you on as you come closer to me. How many of you know that the closer that you come to Jesus, the more you become like him? It's all about association. Show me somebody who is extremely academic, ex extremely future conscious, and I'll show you somebody who's surrounded themselves with not only people their age, but people who are much older than them. Association matters. He's saying, come close to me. And then he finishes off and says, and says that he says that I'm off 
and I'm running. I'm running. I'm, I'm in motion. I'm off. I'm running, and I'm not turning back for nothing this weekend. I'm telling you by, by, by what God told me. He says that I want my people to run towards me with everything that they've got and not look back to the world, not look back to their sins, not look back to what they've been through because I'm pushing them and I'm cheering them onwards. God says to run and don't look back. Be in motion towards him and don't look back. You don't need to be perfect, but as long as you're reaching on for Christ, that is all that, that we have to do. You know, I love traveling back home to Ghana with my family. Any Ghanians we have in the house here? Anybody? <laughs> Amen. I'm Canadian, by the way, though, but um, I, I always say that. But I, I love traveling back home with my dad uh, and my mom and my entire family back to Ghana. Because when I go back home, I just, you know, there's, there's all the foods there. There's the fufu. Any fufu lovers up in here? There's, there's the... There's the jollof rice, there's the banku, there's the, there's the kinkai, there's the fish too. It has to be the big tilapia fish, because if it's not, then you're not doing it right. I can only get one amen in here. Huh? You see, you got to get the, the jollof rice, the Ghanaian jollof rice. Oh, Lord Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. I have the mic tonight. I have the mic. And all the Nigerians said, amen. Uh, uh, I touched the nerve. The Caribbeans are like, what are these guys talking about? We're uh, talking about some serious politics up here. Some politics. I love traveling back home. Because I get to be around, you know, my family. And I get to go back home and see the beautiful country of Ghana. And now we always land in Accra, Ghana. And um, if you decide to go to Ghana after I've wonderfully explained how beautiful it is, you'll notice that Ghana, and rather Accra, Ghana, has two main attractions. Now, the first of them being Spintex Road. Anybody who knows about Spintex Road? <laughs> you see, you see, you ask any Ghanaian. Okay, don't you ask any Ghanaian? Where, where do you live? Oh, I live just off of Spintex Road. Is this it? There's one road in Ghana, it's called Spintex Road. One road. Oh, where's your church? Oh, it's just off Spintex Road. It's right around the corner by the terminal, by the bus stop. You'll see it there. You'll see a hut and then you'll... Spintex Road. Everything's off Spintex Road. I promise you. All the, all the towns are connected to Spintex. So when I first got there to Ghana, I said, okay, Dad, so where are we going? Said, oh, we're going to Spintex Road. I'm like, all right, we're going to a different place. Huh? Next day, Dad, where are we going? Oh, we're going just off of Spintex Road. Everything is off of Spintex Road. So that is one attraction that we have in Ghana. And all the people God said, amen. <laughs> the next attraction that we have in Ghana is called Kwame Nkrumah Circle. And you see, this, this is a market. And so you go to Circle and you see people honking because we have a honking problem in, in Ghana. We don't know how to drive, so we just honk all the time. And then um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're overtaking somebody. You're honking to overtake them. Like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> God, help us. Like, help us. 
You go to you go you go to a circle. You hear music blasting. Someone's having an Adirond. There's someone's who's having a, a a party there. There's some music. The tra tra. The buses are there. People are trying to um, to try to sell stuff to you. They're hawking. They're banging out your window. I promise, Ghana's a nice place. But they're banging at your window. I got some gum. I want to sell for you. I got this. I want to sell for you. And um, one of the circles is called Kwame Nkrumah Circle. Can y'all say Kwame Nkrumah Circle? Kwame Nkrumah Circle is so important because the man behind that circle, who they named the circle after, is actually somebody who did so much for our nation. In 1902, the British succeeded in establishing some control over um, um, the ports and the region of, of Ashanti just to, just to sell some stuff. So they had a lot of control over those, po- over those ports. Now, in, in May 1956, Kwame Nkrumah um, um, issued a white paper with proposals for the Gold Coast independence. And finally, in 1957, on March 6th specifically, what happened was Britain actually relinquished its control over the Gold Coast and the Ashanti region. All the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Now, through this season of Ghana trying to gain their independence, this man, this mighty man who actually, uh, um, and I'm going to shamely plug this in, Ghana was the first nation that received their independence amongst all the African nations. But I'm Canadian, though. <laughs> Don't mind me. Ghana's a beautiful place. But through all these things, Kwame Nkrumah was trying to establish the independence of Ghana. And there was one thing that he said, and there was one line that stuck with his, with his, with his, with his, with his presidency. And he said this. He said, forward ever, backward never. I want to speak to you tonight from the subject forward ever, backward never. Now, there's one thing that I know about God. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. God just wants you to be in motion towards him. It doesn't matter what baggage you have. God himself, once you get closer to him, he literally takes those things away from you and he makes you like himself. He wants you to come closer to him at all costs. Forward ever, backward never. That is our motto for this conference. We're going forward in motion. We're moving forward. We're not turning back for nobody. We're saying goodbye to the world because when I became a man, I put away childish things. And so we're going forward ever, backwards and never, in motion towards the cross. There's one thing that God told me to tell you. He said that we have to go forward. Forward motion. You see, that explains so nicely tonight that you could be on this journey to Jesus, but there's certain things that can hold you up. And if you saw George, he went, he ran, then he turned back. And when he turned back, he wasted so much time. And then he got stuck at some drugs. And then he, he continued on going forward. And then he came back for some girls. And then he stopped. And he was there with the girls for a long time. I don't know what he was doing there. But he took his time with the girls' board. And then he finished. And then he kept going on more. All that time he was going back, he was wasting the motion that God had given him. The grace that God had given him. God is telling us tonight that we have to be in a, a, a generation that decides to go forward at all costs. 
See, as a child of God, we can't afford to go back. We've only got to go forward. And now I want us to draw some stuff from a story of these individuals in the Bible where they were put in a position where they had no other choice but to move forward. Now, I want us to turn our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 until 11 as we indulge in the word of God. And this is where I want to build my tent tonight. I'm just taking that from my brother, Pastor Kofi. He always says that, and so I'm taking that. I'm going to build my tent right here. The word of God says, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. Mind you, they were at the entrance of the gate. See, back in the day, if you were leprous, if you were, if you were unclean, you, you couldn't be in the city because you were unclean. Almost like the lady with the issue of blood, she, no one could touch her because she was unclean. Now, these people were in the same situation. When you're leprous, you know, your body's eating away at you and you can't walk properly and your fingers are, it's just not a pretty sight. And so these people, they were not allowed to be in the city. They could only be outside the city. Now, they were at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting at this gate until we die? See, why are you sitting where you are until you die? Why are you sitting where you are when God wants you to be in motion towards him? These leprous men, they were sitting there and they had so much ahead of them, but they were sitting there because the people had pushed them there. I don't know where somebody has pushed you to, where they're saying that you can't go past this, where you can't actually be rich when you're young. I don't know what box people put you in, but today I speak over your life that you are getting up and you are rising towards the cross. You are getting up and you're moving forward. Now, these people, they were sitting at the entrance of the gate, and they said, why are we sitting here until we die? Go forward. It says, if we say we enter the city, there's famine in the city, and so we'll die there. And it says, if we sit here, we die also. You see, sometimes God has to put you at a crossroads in life where you have no other option but to do what he's asking you to do. God will oftentimes set you up so you have no choice but to stop sinning because once you've messed up, it, it, it really, really affected your entire life. And so God would say, listen, I'm going to put you in a situation where you have no other choice but to trust in me and move forward. They said, why sit we here until we die? If we go into the city, we'll die there because there's famine. And if we sit here, we're going to die of hunger too. And so somebody had a wise idea. We got to surround ourselves with people who are wise, with friends who are wise. And somebody said, now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they keep us alive, we shall live. We could go back home, die there of famine. We could stay where we are, die of famine. But we could potentially live if we decide to move. We could potentially live if we decide to follow what God is telling us to do. It says, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. In order to be in motion, you have to be somebody who's not concerned with what's ahead of you. You just got to be able to trust in God and say, God, if you're telling me to move, I'm going to move. 
If you're telling me to get up and go, I will go. If you're telling me to go back to my campus and start a ministry there back in UK or Europe or wherever you're coming from, do what God is calling you to do. If God is calling you to rush out and start something, go and do it. If God is calling you to leave that person you're with and go and just wait for me until he gets you somebody better. Someone needed deliverance in there. Until he gets you someone better. Someone better is coming. God is they're not trying to leave. No, I don't receive, I don't receive this one. Oh, I don't receive this one. God is saying that if you decide to move, you 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 might live. They're saying that you might live. We could possibly live or we could possibly die. Now, in the walk of faith that we live with Jesus Christ, he says that tribulations and trials will come. Although we may be in motion, the word of God says that trials will come. That's a promise from God. The same promise that God said that he will, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's also promising and saying that when you decide to move, tribulations and trials will come. But you've got to go through the fire because when you go into the fire, I am there with you. You see, you see those three Hebrew boys, they went into the fire and they were afraid. But once they got in there, they saw a fourth person. I prophesy over your life tonight that once you decide to move, you will experience the favor of God like never before. I couldn't hear amen on that one. I said, when you decide to move, you will experience the favor of God like never before. When they, went to, when they entered into the fire, some people looked in and said, oh, the king, there's four people inside there. Something miraculous took place when they decided to move into the fire. Keep going with me. Verses 5. It says, and they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. Imagine this. They know that potentially they might die. If they go over into the camp of the Syrians, they, they know they potentially might die. And so imagine this, they're, they're moving, and you know, they're leprous, so they're probably like this on their feet, and, they, and they're, they're going real slow, and, and they're going real slow, and they're trying to get to, to the Syrian camp, and they're going, they're, they're moving real slow, and you know, it doesn't matter how fast you're moving as long as you're going straight. And, and so, oh, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what your pace is as long as you're moving straight. And so they're moving into the camp of the Syrians and, and, and they're getting tired. And, 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 and can you still trust God when, when, you, when you get tired of moving? Can, can you still trust God when, when, when you're coming and you're real tired and you have no more endurance to pray, no, no more endurance to be holy, no more endurance to fast? And you're saying, I just want to go back to my old life. God, what's, what's up with this Christian stuff? Can you, can you still trust in God? Can you trust him when you don't feel like trusting him? So they're on their way, and they're moving to the Syrian camp, and they're moving, and they're moving, and they're moving, and they're moving. And the word of God goes forward and says that they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they'd come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, uh, uh, to their surprise, no one was there. See, as you move, uh, there's a miracle that God is arranging for you. As you move, there's a miracle. They, they, they were walking, and, and the word of God goes forward and says, uh, uh, as, they, as they kept walking, it says in verse 6, it says, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses to the, 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 the noise of, the, of, of a great army so they said to one another look the king of Israel has hired against us kings of the Hittites and kings of the Egyptians to attack us and so the people in the Syrian camp fled because they heard the sound 
loads of leprous people walking and tippy-toeing. I said, I prophesy over your life tonight that as you begin to walk, you might not look the part. You might be leprous in certain areas of your life because we're not all perfect. But as you begin to move, God is actually magnifying your steps. As you begin to move, imagine this four lepers, people, they're walking, four people in the same situation, four people with the same problem, four people who are both, who are all vulnerable, and they, they began to move in their vulnerability together towards the camp, and they knew that they couldn't attack and, and, and kill off the, the Syrian army, but they kept moving because if they stayed back, they'll die, and if they stopped, they'll die, and, and if they stay at the gate, they'll die, but they decided to trust in Jesus because when you trust in Jesus, he'll take care of the rest because the word of God says seek ye first the kingdom of God and he'll, he'll add everything else to it and so he, they, they began to move with their vulnerability they began to move in their dirt and they began to move because their vulnerability became their ability and so as they began to move they began to move towards the camp and all of a sudden the people in the camp heard sounds of a mighty great army you see the enemy it's just a bluffing. When you decide to move, when you decide to move, the enemy gets scared at night. The enemy gets scared. And so what you got to do is keep moving because once you get to where God needs you to get to, there will be no trials. There will be nothing there that will frustrate or stop you because God is already preparing the miracle. Four leprous men, vulnerable. They had dirt. They were unclean. And they decided to move vulnerable. They didn't look pretty, but they decided to move. See, your, your movement doesn't have to be pretty. <laughs> as long as you're moving forward. You see, they said, I'd rather die in motion than to, stop, than to die at one place. You see, I'd rather die trying to put on a business, trying to establish a business, than to not try at all. I'd rather try trying to live holy than to not try at all. I'd rather try. I'd rather die than to be still. I'd rather die and move forward than to be still. You see, see something, notice this, notice this. It says, it says that, and God spoke to me, he said that their weakness became their weapon. You see, your weakness is going to become your weapon. Oh, I prophesy to only two people in here that your weakness is about to become your weapon. See, what you've been going through that has had you held up, you're about to use that as a weapon in the camp of heaven. And you're going to fight against the army of the enemy until you are becoming successful. Oh, my goodness. Can someone just shout and give Jesus a praise real quick? You see, some people think that their weakness makes them less of a person. No, because you do have issues that you're going through. That's what makes you more powerful. You see, you see because God has taken you, you through certain things, uh, that is why you have the power to overcome it. Because you're going through so many things, that is what gives you so much uh, ammunition to fight against the camp of the enemy. You see, one thing also is that your mess is your miracle. Your mess is your miracle. Out of your mess, God is creating a miracle. God takes us through so many things. 
And sometimes we ask God, God, why is it that my mom is ill? Why is it that my dad is ill? Why is it that I just can't get past this class? It's because your trauma is your testimony. What is traumatizing you is your testimony. That's what you're supposed to use to steal and to put people up from the camp of the enemy. Because God has called us to be a bridge where you use your testimony to bring people into the camp of heaven with your testimony. And so your trauma is... Don't... Don't be mad when you go through things. God is using your trauma as your testimony. Be seated. You see, the life of Jesus is a life of motion. You see, he moved from heaven to earth. He moved from heaven to earth. He moved from heaven beside Jesus, beside, beside God the Father rather, to earth. Pastor Pierre, I'm, I'm coming. He taught me something, so I'm coming. He moved from heaven to earth. Then he became an infant. And then he moved from an infant, and he became a teenager. And then he moved from a teenager, and he became a man. And now once he hit age 33, what happened is God had an assignment for him. And God said, I, I want you to now conquer the entire world so I could use you as a testimony for the entire world and the entire creation. And so I have a task for you. I, 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 I'm moving you from, from various stages in your life. And, and now you're at a stage where, where now it's time for you to, to, to move and it's time for you to, to save the entire, the entire earth. And, and so what, what God did and what, what, what God told Jesus to do is, is Jesus actually had to be whipped and he had to be bruised. And so he carried a cross on him for, for, so, many, for so many hours. And, and so he moved the cross all the way until he got to the top of the mountain. And when he got to the top of the mountain, he, he, he lifted up his, his head to heaven and he said, God... Why have you forsaken me? And when he lifted up his, his eyes to heaven and he said, God, why have you forsaken me? God, in that moment, made Jesus a conqueror because he came and he conquered the entire earth. And, and what happened was he went to, 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 he went to Hades and he stole the keys and, and he conquered the entire earth and he conquered death and he conquered death and he conquered death and he conquered death. And so God put him in motion from heaven and he went through life and he went through life and he conquered earth. And after he went to earth, after he conquered it, God put him back in heaven at the right hand of God. So what happened was God moved, what was Jesus moved, and he went all the way around. And he came back a conqueror, and he went right where God had originally sent him from. You see, some of us are looking for our next assignment, but your next assignment is at your now location. You see, you see what, what God would do is God would move you from where you are. And he'll separate you for you to get the oil. And then what he'll do is he'll allow you to conquer the things that were holding you back. And so he's actually waiting for you to get over those things. And after you conquer those things, then he's going to send you back to where you once were to save the people that you were once with. And so that is when God would say, wow, my son and my daughter have truly been in motion. They truly went from stage to stage and they went full circle because God wants to anoint you to go back to where you are to save them. <sighs> You see, God anointed Pastor Kofi to go back from, 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 uh, uh, to where he was to save the entire campus. You see, you see, God pulled him up 
And God said, Kofi, I'm separating you for this period of time. And there will come a point in time where I will now make you conquer certain things that were holding you back. And once you finish, I'm going to send you right back. See, we don't like the right back. We feel as though God is anointing us. He's putting us in motion to go to somewhere else, to a different location. No, God is anointing you. He's giving, some, he's giving you weight to go back to where you once were so you have the ability to pull those people up. If you're not strong enough, they'll pull you down instead of pull you back up. Listen. We have to be a generation that moves forward only. Forward only. Jesus conquered the earth. He was in motion. And God sat him right where he, he was for us. Before, I want you to be on our feet tonight. And I want you to say, God, just move me forward. I just want to go forward. Just keep me, just keep me moving forward, God. Just, just keep me going forward. Just, just keep me moving forward. Just, just keep me moving forward. And you can, if you, if, you, if you can, grab your neighbor's hand real quick. And I want you just to pray and say, God, just put us in motion. We want to go forward as a generation. We, we want to move forward. God, there's a miracle in our movement. God, move us. I'm like, I'm like, take a while to get to where you want me to get to, God. But I will get there as long as I'm going forward to the cross. As long as you've separated me so I can conquer. God, as long as you make me like Jesus, I'm going to keep moving. God, set me in motion. I wish I had some people to pray tonight. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message blessed you. For more information on The Bridge, follow us on all our social medias at HopeCLTR. God bless.